0: Hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and on today's episode, my guest is the stylist and fashion consultant Shiona Torini. She has a really interesting story, and her path has taken her all over different parts of the fashion world. We had a great conversation in my kitchen, uh, which was on an abnormally hot day. I was sweating like a troll who lives under a bridge. Definitely a great look. And with that... Let's get into it.
1: Can I do a quick Snapchat? Sure. That's
0: funny. Everybody's yeah. from Jersey. Dude, Jersey's great. <laughs> Jersey's great. I'm from Bermuda, so. Yeah, well, yeah, let's start there. Where did you grow up?
1: Okay, hold on. Are we filming? Is this like yeah, all rolling. happening?
0: Yeah, ah. This is a yeah. Ca- this is a casual conversation.
1: I didn't even know that we were, like, on.
0: Yeah. So. (laughs) But that's, well, that's the thing. It's much more casual, right? Because, like, I feel like sometimes, like, when I'm filming, like, everybody's, like, kind of, like, all hanging out, and there's, like, a relaxed vibe. But then all of a sudden, as soon as you say, like, rolling, everybody just. Yeah, it gets very. They clam up, you know? And some of the best stuff I get when I'm shooting is, like, when people don't even know that we're shooting. I've been doing a lot
1: of filming lately, Mm -hmm. and it when I look at it I'm like it just doesn't feel as natural when I know like the camera like when I'm aware of the cameras mm-hmm. so I guess I will never be a reality TV star
0: <laughs> is that something you're aspiring to
1: definitely not yeah <laughs> but <laughs> I was doing more TV but now I've decided that I don't want I'm not about that life yeah yeah why it just feels very I don't I really can't get down with the wait a second say that again okay and then it's like, okay, say that exactly how you said it, but with more energy. And I'm like, right. no, I said it how I speak. And that's how, that's what feels natural right. to me. Right. So it feels a little like fake.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it is reality. There's nothing real about reality TV, except for the Great British Baking Show, which I am so obsessed with. I've never seen that. It's this, it's this like British PBS show. And it's just like these like old sweet British people baking. <laughs> In, like, a competition and, like, but it's, like, they only get, they get, like, mad at themselves. It's it's funny.
1: But, like, old as in how old?
0: Well, I mean, there's a range of people. Like, the youngest girl on there is, like, 17, but then there's, like, a, you know, there's, like, the old British grandma who's, like, in her 80s who, like, you know, it's just, and it's just, like, today we're making biscuits, you know? <laughs> what channel does this come on? It's on Netflix. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. I love Netflix. I it's the best. I, but I actually am really into Hulu. I stole my friend's Hulu password and yeah. I've gotten really into it.
0: Do they have, like, the password where, like, you don't have to have the commercials? No. So yeah. she really needs to upgrade it's herself. Just be like, hey, maybe you should, like, spend, like, $3 more a month. Yeah. No commercials. Well,
1: sometimes it's, like, shows you watch. And I'm like, I don't watch this shit. Like, I totally yeah. forget that it's not my account. Right. I'm it's right awesome. now, I'm in a, like, Grey's Anatomy hole. Yeah. And yes, it's still on the air. Everybody's yeah. always like, that show still comes on. I'm like, Yeah. Yes.
0: Didn't they, like, kill off everybody, though, on the show? They killed off people who needed to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, All right. And they hired new people.
1: But yeah, I'm from Bermuda.
0: And uh, what, what was it like growing up there?
1: It was amazing. I didn't appreciate it at the time. But that's, now but that's everybody. Yeah, that you is know? everybody. But I'm from the best place in the world. I know you're from Jersey. But <laughs> <laughs> bermuda it's just so beautiful there. But it was really small. It's 21 miles. So it's mm-hmm. basically smaller than New York. And, um, but I was always really interested in fashion. And we used to come to New York sometimes. Well, we used to come to New York a lot to kind yeah. of like go shopping or see my aunt. And I would tell my mom to like walk behind me. And I'd be like, you walk behind me because I need to get used to being by myself in the city. And now I realize how ridiculous that sounded coming from like a
0: 10-year-old. Was it like that you didn't want to be seen with your parents? Like you wanted to be like I'm, like, like, I'm in the city by myself right now. I'm in the city yeah. by
1: myself. I need to be independent, get used to it. Were you an only
0: child? No. Oh, okay.
1: I had a sister and I grew up with like... Five girl cousins, were each a year apart. Yeah. We're all very close. So I, we have, I have a really big family, big oh, cool. extended family, and we're very close. Yeah. In fact, I got an email this morning about Sunday night's dinner. They won't take me off the family email, oh. and um, it's always like the same thing. Like, here's the menu. Who's bringing what? And I'm like, everybody knows who's bringing what. Like everybody <laughs> bring, <laughs> It's like the exact same email every single week. Yeah. Yeah. But when I asked to be removed, like they went ballistically
0: crazy on me where's the where's the where's the dinner
1: at my mom's house usually and thursday nights is at this beach that we grew up on like by oh. my grandfather's house see like so.
0: oh that's like that's like my dream like when i have a family i want to have a family and it's like, like i want to make like the sunday night dinner where you spend all day sunday cooking like that's my dream really scenario. yes yes i cook to relax like that's how i relax <laughs>
1: It stresses me out, but really? I, everybody in my family is really good cooks, so yeah. it also stresses me out because I know that I'm not, so I know it's not delicious, so I'm mm. like, why waste my time?
0: Well, see, but that's the thing. It's like, this is the thing. It's like, I, I spend all day cooking, and by the time I'm done and we serve it, like, I don't even want to eat it.
1: Sometimes <laughs> I'll ask my mom for recipes, and yeah. she'll be like, just go buy it. Like, she...
0: <laughs> like, because she's holding him, she's keeping it close, or like, because she's like...
1: Well, my sister is... My mom definitely doesn't have a recipe for anything. Oh, okay. She just I kind gotcha. of. But she also is like, strangely, it's just like you are not going to be very good at this. <laughs> so I don't want you using my recipe and ruining. And ruining her game. Yeah. And ruining her game. One Christmas, I was really bored. So I was like, I'm going to learn every aunt's specialty. Yeah. And my guy cousins like stood in the kitchen. They each had like a Heineken and they were just like, we've never seen this happen. They watched me the entire time. And I was like, it's so much pressure. But they were like, we never thought we'd see the day where you were in this kitchen. Because I'm very much like the, the girl guy cousin. Like I'm yeah. always with the boy cousins right. and stuff. So How did it come out? Well, they don't give me any credit because mm, it mm-hmm, really came mm-hmm. out
0: perfectly. Right. If we did a blind taste test. Right. But they but were like, but it like, just tastes
1: like Anivet's pie. They're mm-hmm, like, you mm-hmm. just copied Anivet's pie. So, yeah, you did good. But we don't think they they still wouldn't give me any credit for it. It was very offensive. Yeah. Um, but some things I was like, this is more trouble than it's worth. Like no one needs to really make homemade eggnog and they don't. <laughs> my aunt doesn't like stir it. So it was like hours of like in this big jar doing this. And I was oh, like, no. none of this is really worth it to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 growing up in Bermuda. How do you think growing up there shaped who you are?
1: um well it definitely uh, cultivated my love for the beach Mm -hmm. which is i feel like working in fashion it's a lot of my identity like i always is
0: is, like the ocean beach
1: kind of just like beach wear yeah beach attire always in a crop top like very much like living on the beach And it is a huge influence kind of, I think, in my aesthetic and my fashion choices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will completely ignore winter and Mm -hmm. everyone's like, you need to like put tights on (laughs) or put a coat on. Um, But it made me a really hard worker because as a non-American, you know, you have to do so much more technically to be able to like almost prove your worth for just to even have a visa to work here. For one part, me leaving everything I knew and leaving my entire family and taking the risk to move to New York by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I had to really want it. Right. And because I did really want it and I miss out on all those big occasions with my family, like I said, they're very close. Mm -hmm. um, It definitely was something that I was like, is this what I really want to do? And if I'm going to do it, then I really need to like work the hardest I possibly can. Because if not, I'm missing out on such a huge part of my life back at home. Right. So I, I think it really helped me to be
0: super focused when I moved here. Mm-hmm. What kind of kid were you growing up? Crazy. How so?
1: <laughs> I was really...
0: <laughs> were you like getting into trouble all the time? Were you- yes. Really? I was
1: like getting into trouble all the time. I was suspended a number of times. I was very mouthy. Really? Mm-hmm. I got in trouble a lot at home and in school, but... Where do you think that came from though? My mom... I have like... I am surrounded by just very strong, opinionated women, mm-hmm. so it definitely came from there. But then I think if it it just was like natural, maybe she's born with it. I don't <laughs> know. But my mom always tells a funny story when I was like, I guess it, here you would call it like preschool, okay, um, or f- not as old as first grade, but pre K or whatever,
0: yeah, kindergarten, piano you know.
1: So I really wanted to wear like a skirt, like a dress to school. And my mom was like, that's not happening. You need to like wear, you know, this other option. Right. It's probably something hideous. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to wear that. And my mom is not about to argue with like a five-year-old. She is not about that life. She's like, it is my way or the highway. And so she was like, all right, I don't have time for this. You'll go naked. And so she put me in the car like naked. And she was like... The entire drive, she's like, I really thought that you would it's just get so embarrassed or feel like okay I'll just put it on yeah and she's like I just sat there super proud like okay well I guess I'll go to school naked like if I can't wear what I want to wear and she said when she pulled up I like jumped out of the car and ran because I knew, like I guess I knew that she was like she was testing me and I was like I will not it? be tested yeah. and so I like jumped out of the car and ran and she has to like chase me and grab me and put me in the car and she, obviously at that point she she also as a parent couldn't be like this behavior is acceptable, so she was like, All right, well, you just won't go to school. Yeah, and it's weird because when you're like five, you want to go to school, yeah, you know, and and so, see your friends and stuff, right? So I was just like, Damn, I lost, but I guess in reality, I kind of won. And so she took me to my um, aunt's house, and I had to stay there. And she was like, At that moment, she knew like, A, I was super defiant mm-hmm. and I will never change my mind, and B, maybe just don't fight me on the clothing options. And that yeah. still so stands today. Yeah, so
0: you set the boundaries early. I set it early, yeah.
1: yeah. We never really had the conversation again. <laughs> my dad would be like, that shirt is way too short. And I'd be like, what do you know? But I wasn't like super disrespectful to my parents because they would not stand right. for that. But I was very opinionated. And my sister was quite more reserved. She never got in trouble in school. Older, and younger sister. So she's older. Okay. And she was like involved in sports. And so my parents were um, even though I got in trouble a lot in school, they still they didn't want to stifle like
0: who I was. That's really cool. I
1: know. And so they put me and my sister in separate schools so that i wouldn't have to always hear like oh she's not like her sister oh like chanel never did this yes my sister's name is chanel that's yes. such,
0: that's cool that's a great name but uh-huh. that's such a genius move on your parents i part. know
1: and it's crazy because my mom is not she's not like the warmest like friendliest person she's very like kind of strict mm-hmm. so it's very surprising as an adult to see that she identified that and was like just let her be her own person wow and um, I'm grateful for that
0: now. That's amazing. Did your Did your parents have a plan for you of what they wanted you to do?
1: Oh yeah, I will say though that when I was going to go to college, I wanted to go to school in Canada and my mom kind of was like, absolutely not. And then it switched and she was like, you're going to same college as your sister because I'm not flying two kids <laughs> from two different places home for the holidays. And I'm not visiting two people in yeah. two different places. Where in
0: Canada did your sister go to school? No,
1: my sister went to school in America. Oh. We went to Hampton university oh. in Virginia, but I wanted to go to the university of Western Ontario for some reason. It, Got in my head, and I was like, that's where I'm going to go to school. And my mom was like, I don't, your grades aren't even good enough to get in that school. And they weren't. And yeah. I didn't get so I was like, well, I'm not going to go to college. I'm just going to, like, you know, figure my life out. And she was like, you're going to figure it out in college. That's where you're going to figure your yeah. life out. Because I did I did not excel in high school or even in school. I, like I said, I got in trouble a lot. And I was, you know, I... Yeah, I ran my mouth too much, yeah. and I was always, like, one semester I had to spend the entire school semester, like, in the hallway, because I wasn't allowed in any teacher's classroom. Oh, so this was,
0: like, you're, you're very serious when you're saying that. This, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: When I look back at my report cards, <laughs> I am mortified. Oh, my God. And my sister thinks it's really funny. She likes to pull them out and read them. <laughs>
0: I love that they kept them, too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like Yeah.
1: I'm mortified. I don't know why I obviously I was going way too far. Like yeah. but and I I would get under punishment and I would be like punished at home for it. So I don't know why I continued. Right. But I was super, you know, like one time I made everyone in the classroom not speak to the teacher.
0: <laughs> mhm. Yep. Oh, that is that's a cool move. Like, looking back now, like, uh, you know, like, being a third party to this. Yeah. That's a cool move. I
1: apologized to her recently. I really? Like, yes. I When I read it, I'm just like, I don't know why I acted like that. Yeah. I think a part of it was, so because my parents separated us, I ended up being sent to kind of a very um, predominantly male and all white high school. And so I think a part of that was, like, I didn't, I just, like, wasn't happy in that surrounding. Right. And it just, like... Right. It was a very, it was like very well, kind of like rich white kids to put it like pretty bluntly. And that yeah. just wasn't my upbringing. And so I was just like, this place is awful.
0: Right. And but, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back at them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know? it's
1: funny when they're like, hi, do you want to like donate to our school? And I'm like, actually, no, thank <laughs> no. you. <laughs> no, I loved my school. My, yeah. It wasn't the school's problem. I was the problem. Right. You know?
0: so. Well, that's the place where you got, you know, that's a place where you can go work it out. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. that's what it's there for.
1: Yeah. It's like <laughs> you, you're you figuring out your issues. Right. And so I, uh, but I, when I went to college, I was like, this is easy. And I got straight A's. Yeah. I immediately um, got a full scholarship. Oh, cool.
0: Well, how did you, how did you, well, just to go back a little bit before we get to college, like what, you know, what were the things that you were into when you were growing up? Fashion. Fashion.
1: I would make all my own
0: clothes. Really? They were super slutty. Where come from? not (laughs) going to (laughs) lie. Where did that come from though? Was there something that kind of like opened you up to to that?
1: Um, I, we would come to New York and I thought that I could like make it rain in like whatever the version of (laughs) H&M or whatever it was at that point. Yeah and um my mom was like you know this is not your money and if you would like to waste my money on clothes get a job mm-hmm. and so again it's like i don't like someone telling me what to do so i had braces as mm-hmm. one does well, the, the, and the i worst. yeah and i was in the orthodontist office one day and i was like i would like to apply for a job here cuz i was like these are really expensive you must get paid a lot <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: That's That so truly was my yeah. rationale. Oh, that's amazing. And she
1: was like, oh, well, you have to have a resume and you apply. And so I went to school and I was like, I need a resume. And I was really young. I was 14. Yeah. And um, they were like, okay. So I took my resume to the orthodontist office and I got hired. And then I was like, oh, I got a job. And my parents was like, doing what? Because <laughs> when you're young what and for you usually, nothing. Like yeah. what school I went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And um, I worked there for for, well, imme- I immediately regretted my decision because my boss was super tough. And so uh, during was the, I was just like the dental assistant. Yeah. And so I would do the receptionist book appointments, help with like invoices. I would um, do impressions, make molds. And it wasn't until I was learning two-handed dentistry. So a classmate, and I told you how I acted in class, yeah. came in and was like, Shiona will not be touching my teeth and um, (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Tuzo was like you know why would you say something like that and he was like she's in my class she's crazy and she was like okay and so she you know was like Shiona can you go in the back and maybe like sterilize some instruments and after she was just like how old are you. And I was like, I'm 14. And she was like, I could get sued. She was like, this is a huge problem. This is against the law. And I would work like Thursdays. We would be like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. So while my friends were like at the beach and just enjoying their summers, I was like in this dentist's office. But I really wanted that money. And I had committed to now work there. Then I remember some days I would tell my mom, please tell her I'm sick. And my mom was like, you walked into that office and got that job without anyone's permission and you deal with it. Absolutely not. I will not call and like get you out of it.
0: That's tough but fair.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And so I was just like, oh, well, I... I'm your patient. You could have looked at my file and found out how old I
0: was. Yeah, don't you have to fill out some forms to get paid and stuff? They don't need your like your birth certificate or something. I mean something? I'm from Bermuda. So okay. I, okay. I mean, we're not a third world country, <laughs> but I'm
1: sure that it was not as strict as it is in
0: America. Okay. Like we
1: don't have a social security number. There's no like Yeah. You know, it was just get my paycheck
0: and move on to yeah, my life. yeah, Yeah. Keep it simple.
1: So I always wanted to work in fashion, but I was smart enough to know like I had to hustle to try and like prepare for that and like clothes cost money as my
0: parents told me and they weren't
1: paying for it. And then I started to make my own clothes so that I could supplement my wardrobe and what, what
0: were the things that you were getting excited about at that age like the stuff that was you know kind of you were drawing your influences from
1: music videos music videos yeah because you know we didn't have the in, you know we didn't it, the information was not as accessible so I would just see like what's TLC wearing what's Aaliyah wearing right. you know like all of that and I would just make it yeah my one of my shining moments was um Lauren Hill came to Bermuda to perform and like I had gotten this really very strange like halter top skirt moment from like 14th Street and obviously Lauren Hill had on like the designer version of it and everybody was like oh my god you have the same outfit on as Lauren Hill and I was like I've arrived <laughs> so um, but obviously I had like the cheaper knockoff version but Are we
0: talking like the great era of like 90s music videos Yeah, like when there was just like budgets of course for like dreams to be realized
1: exactly <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. yeah,
0: that's amazing.
1: Um so I that's kind of where I was modeling right, right, my right. fashions right. after, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I would I went through a little Kim phase where I thought that I could wear a lime green wig to school. and yeah. I my school was private and very conservative. and again, they were just like, absolutely not. not gonna work. Not gonna work for yeah. us. please leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, I with the making of my own clothes, I would, we had a uniform and it was like a khaki skirt for the girls. And one day I was like, you know what? I really want to wear like high waist, wide like pants with a cuff. So I made them. Mm-hmm. And I had like my next door neighbor, she would help me. I wasn't that amazing at sewing. So like I had either my aunt or like the next door neighbor help me. So I made these really amazing pants that I wore them and they were like, girls can't wear pants. Like you can't wear them. And I was like, oh, no problem. And then the next day, obviously, I wore the pants again. Mm -hmm. And then the Wednesday, I wore the pants again. And they were like, okay, now we have to suspend you. And then I was like, okay. And then it was in-school suspension. And then I showed up Thursday in the pants for (laughs) in-school suspension. And I was like, oh, I wasn't clear. Like, you suspended me. So I thought, like, I could still wear them because that's my punishment. And then they called my parents (laughs) (laughs) in, And obviously, my mom had no clue this was going on. And I made a case like, how can you say that girls can't wear pants? Like I'm here to get an education. like I should not be suspended and miss class because I'm wearing pants. And they changed the rule book and of course after that I was like, no, back to skirts. Yeah. I was like, when these other girls could wear it, I was like, I'm no longer interested in this fight. Oh
0: that's so amazing I uh, I just I love hearing stories of like it's like one of those things where like, I wish I sometimes could have like gone back into scenarios with like the knowledge that I have now. Yeah. And, and like, like that's like, that's, that's amazing that like in that moment you were just able to like make that case. Like I'm just, I think that's such a beautiful thing.
1: It seems like I was making a case for feminism, but I think I was just trying to be difficult. Hey, we're just, we're looking back on it. Right. Now. We can, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I was totally fighting feminism. for female rights totally, at yeah. the tender age <laughs> of like 15. Yeah. And so um, when I graduated from college and moved to New York to work in fashion, my parents still told people that I was in dental school because everybody in Bermuda knew that I was like the girl who worked at the, the dentist's orthod- office. Yeah, yeah. And so she just couldn't let it go. She was like, you know, you should be a dentist. Like, you know, this stuff. And I was just like, it just seems like the worst
0: life possible. Well, what, what were you studying when you were in school?
1: I, <laughs> I went to, again, remember, I didn't want to go to college. Right. So my mom was like, just do something. So I was like, all right, I'll do economics because the one teacher that I did love in high school was my economics teacher because he was like so tough. And I, re- I responded to that. Like he did not take my bullshit. And then he kind of would just be like, stop trying to get a rise out of people and shut your mouth. And I'd be like, okay. And I just really connected with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I excelled in that subject, but I realized it was just because I enjoyed being in his class, not because I knew how to like count or understand things that <laughs> right. have anything to do with economics. And I got to college and I was like, I could figure this out, but I really don't know what I would do with my life with this. Like, I, I don't know what I would want to be. And so I then went to, I switched my major to English and I was like, I don't want to write so much. And I was like, what do I want to do? I want to, like, plan parties and, like, do fun things. And so I switched to public relations in the mass communications um, department. And I stuck with that because, again, I really liked the faculty and I did well in it and could strategize, like, publicity. And it was – I got it. Mm -hmm. It kind of got me.
0: So then when you finished school, what was the transition like to move into New York?
1: It was, I had to do a project for graduation, which was to work shadow someone with a job that you wanted. And I was like, I want to work in fashion, but I don't know what the jobs are besides being a designer. Mm -hmm. And so my teacher was like, well, who gets the clothes? My teacher didn't really know that much, but like they were like, let's break this down. Like there has to be someone that kind of has the job of getting the clothes to that person. and you know, and so we were like, let's research public relations and fashion. And I was always interested in Yves Saint Laurent because he was the first designer to put black models on the runway and heavily use black models in their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was like very much um, prolific and a movement for like the black community at that time. Right. So it was a designer that early out I was very connected to and kind of obsessed with. And so I just contacted the uh, press office at Yves Saint Laurent through an internship I had done in travel. Mm -hmm. The girl I interned for in travel just so happened to be the sister of the PR manager at Yves Saint Laurent in New York. It's very strange. yeah. So it was like meant to be. What do
0: you mean by in travel?
1: I um, had applied for an internship through the Bermuda Department of Tourism. Okay. And I did not get it. And um, I hounded them daily to be like, why didn't I get it? What can I do next year? How can I do this better? Right. Uh, five kids were selected to be placed in these internships through the Department of Tourism, and I had really wanted that one. And then, for whatever reason, the person um, dropped out. Maybe I'm a witch. Who knows? Maybe I willed it <laughs> to happen. She drops out at the last minute, and so then I was placed in the PR office at the travel agency that was handling the Bermuda tourism account. Oh wow. So I did that for a summer. And then was I Was that in Bermuda
0: or in, It was in New York. It was in New York. It was okay.
1: uh, a PR agency that still exists now. It's called like Lou Hammond and Associates. They still do travel. And they, the girl, my supervisor, knew that I was really interested in fashion. And her it was just like magic. Like yeah. her sister just happened to be the PR manager for Yves Saint Laurent. I reached out to her and I asked if I could work shadow her for this school project. Came to New York, work shadowed her just for a day. And I was like, How do you work in fashion? And she's like, You start with an internship. Mm. And I was like, I'm about to graduate. I've never done an internship. And she was like, That's okay, you could come and be my intern. And as part of being a non American, you could apply for this thing called optional practical training. So I could, you know, intern or work for a year in America before since I went to an American college. Right. So I was like, oh, maybe I could do that for, you know, this. And I applied for the OPT visa and got it and just thought because she said, yeah, you could be my intern. That, that meant I had an internship. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be an intern at YSL. Look at me. <laughs> and then I sho- I showed up. I went home after graduation and I like just worked really hard at the dentist's office still, you know. Eight years later, yeah, and saved my money because I knew I was moving to New York and it was gonna be expensive. I was staying with my sister's friend from college, and I got here and showed up at the office, and they were like, "Who the hell are you?" (laughs) And they very much were like, "You uh, just because you had a conversation and she said you could intern for her—that's like not how it works." And she was on vacation, and I like remember walking out and going to mcdonald's and hysterically crying um, like yeah. what do i do now i like moved to new york like i did all
0: of this yeah
1: and i was like i'm
0: just gonna show up the next day <laughs> <So just laughs> i see a theme developing. i'm annoying the, yeah. the thing
1: is, is i'm annoying so but it's
0: but it's but it's, that. it's like you got to be persistent yeah you have hard work but you also have to have like there like the magic the luck right you, know, you need all those things working in your favor
1: showed up the next day the girl was like why are you back i already told you we already have our interns the office is full you know we do not need you and it's also in the middle of summer which also now i know i know that these things are just she was right And um, I was like, okay, but like I'm here and Gareen said that I could be her intern. And she was like, well, then you need to speak to Gareen when she's back. And I was like, I don't have time to wait for Gareen when she's back because my parents are going to like catch on that I really, that this isn't working out and they're going to make me come home. Right. So the third day I showed up and there was a very hungover girl there and I could see like she was like, Ugh. and I was like, do you want me to go get you some coffee? And she was like, you're hired. You can be my intern. Like immediately she was just like, I don't, I don't need a way to agree. And like, you know, thank you. Go get me a coffee.
0: You're my welcome intern. to the team. Yeah, and, you're in.
1: Yeah. And I started interning green came back. She said, oh yeah, I did say that you could be my intern. I didn't.
0: Like you never yeah, we, like gave her a follow up email like hey, yeah, I'm of coming course. up and
1: she's busy and she yeah. hadn't responded yeah. and I was just like well it's fine she told me yeah 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 so it's true yeah. I'm her intern yeah. Um, and then I interned for them and I interned for you know so many months for free and we what all you know doing? I was in the PR department, so I was, like, packing samples, unpacking samples, going on runs, picking up lunch. Like, nothing like that was revolutionary, but I was learning the business. I didn't know the business. I had never done an internship before, so I knew that this is what I had to do to try and, like, learn everything that I needed to know. And I was – I made myself available to work every day. And I do think that that is important for people who want to work in fashion because when you're only there two days a week or three days a week, you know, they start to rely on someone else the days you're not there. Right. So I tried to make myself super indispensable to the team and um, become really good at the things that everyone hated. Everyone hated doing like carnets and like invoices. And so I was just like, buckle down, did it. So opportunities came up where they were like, we need someone to travel with the carnet and you know the carnets the best, which is basically like a really extensive 100-page shipping invoice. Oh, yeah, no, we have to use it for, like, renting
0: when we ship, when we, like, when we're shooting abroad and, like, bringing our gear and stuff.
1: So I would end up having to, like, travel with the Carnet and, like, go, you know, to Paris for a day with the Carnet and then come back. And Which, at that time, now I would be like, I am not sitting on a plane for eight hours to drop some (laughs) package off to come back. But then I was just like, oh, my God. We're doing it. We're doing it. I'm getting on this plane. You know, so it was... A really amazing learning experience, and I had a really tough boss, but she saw how hard I worked and how bad I wanted it, and so – um, she really like mentored me and like helped teach me, and it's like, you know, this is someone who, when I did start that internship, I didn't know who Anna Winter was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like they said Anna, and I was like, who is this Anna that you
0: speak of? You know, <laughs> keep hearing a lot about this right? Anna. Keep hearing talk. about this woman Anna. Yeah.
1: Who's that? <laughs> so it really was like started from the bottom, and um, a, the ju- the girl who had hated me from the beginning and said that like she I could not intern ended up leaving. And they were like, okay, we're going to hire you for this position. Like oh, you wow. intern here, you put so much work in. And, you know, actually at first they were like a receptionist position was open. And I kind of was like, you know, if I didn't take these other job offers that I got before I had an opportunity to work in fashion, I'm not going to take this job as like a holding job. Mm-hmm. I would rather just stay and kind of like jump the train turns because I don't have $2 and like you know, be poor and continue to intern and learn more in this role than take this like receptionist role for no reason. And then the PR girl left and then they offered me the PR job. That's great. And so that's kind of like how I that was like my first experience and my first job and how I got it.
0: And what was that like that moment when you're when you got the job?
1: Well, it was number one, it was amazing because then I could get a visa Mm -hmm. and I was sponsored and I could stay in America. And that. Is an ac- incredible feeling that I think some people born and raised here, you know, they don't realize that that is the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I felt really proud of myself, but I think that I also realized like this is just the beginning. I have three years here to kind of like kill it because mm-hmm. I have a three year visa. Mm-hmm. And um, I really loved it. And I was at the company um, where kind of the industry was changing. I remember um, Jay Z had called to be on the discount list and they were like, oh no, they were just like, you know, they kind of was like, oh, we don't really see the value. Like they were very focused on people like Nicole Kidman and like actresses. Right. Um, And then I had kind of like one of my favorite moments is I had Herod, I had a boyfriend Who was an intern At a record label And he was like Listen to this guy Kanye West This song <laughs> Jesus Walks yeah. And I was like I love it I'm obsessed with him And I was talking to a friend And I was like I'm so obsessed with this guy uh, Kanye West And her mom was like Oh I'm friends with his mom And I was like Maybe we could dress him At YSL Wait who was, was friends With his mom? My friend's mom Okay my friend was also interning in New York, okay. and so we were just hanging out, and I was like, I heard this guy. I'm really obsessed with him. She's like, oh, because they're from L.A., and she's like, oh, I'm friends with his mom. And I was like, maybe we could actually dress him for YSL. I, it's like a stretch but because um, he was so new, right? but it was his first time going to the Grammys, and then my boss quit, so I didn't have a boss. And I had asked the Paris office of YSL, like, I think that this guy is going to be big. Can we dress him? And they were like, what? They kind of were just like, I guess, like, sure. And um, I don't know how old you are, if you remember, but that year, his first Grammy where he won like eight Grammys and he wore the all white, the pant and the jacket and had the swirls in his head. I got to like help customize that, work with the tailor, go to the studio, do all the fittings. And at that time, you know, they were not really, they they were not, not like not really, but they were not working with like rappers and entertainers in that way. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting to be kind of a part of that revolution yeah. that started it. Yeah, hell yeah. And we started to work with him really closely and he would like say, Eve sell glasses in a rap song and then they would sell out. And I got to see just kind of like that black star power yeah, how, power. you know, influential and financially Profitable, a brand working with someone like that could be. And of course the Paris office was super happy mm-hmm. and it was like work and they you know, thought that he was so cool and I got to make decisions that I may not have been able to make as a PR assistant because I had made that call. Yeah. And then I um, switched over to editorial because I was like, eh. I had been there for a while and I was either like, I have to either get another PR job or maybe I would try editorial. And W Magazine had called me to see if I was interested in an accessories job there. And so then I switched to editorial and
0: that's w- it. What was that change like for you?
1: At first it was hard because everybody was bitches. And they did <laughs> they kind of was like, Who is this girl who has never worked at a magazine and yeah. doesn't know what a board is? Yeah. It was very much like kind of that. But they knew me because I had worked on the YSL side. Right. And um I just was thrown right in there. It was like I started and they were like, Okay, we have this shoot, and I was like, so what do I do? And my counterpart was like, well, they hired you as an editor, so you figure it out. Oh, and I yeah. was just like, don't try me. Uh, I will figure yes, it out. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously I killed it, but it was a learning curve. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like I would just like, like I really had no clue of how the other side worked. I only knew it from like my standpoint. So it was like, all right, well they request for me like this. So I'll request like this. And I was able to figure it out and you know, I have good taste and, More importantly, in that role, it's not really about your personal taste. It's about I was able to work under three very demanding stylists Mm -hmm. and make sure that they got everything they needed for the shoots, whether the shoot was overlapping or like whether no matter where it was. And I I was really committed to working hard for those stylists and helping them get everything that they needed to, you know, complete this like fantasy of a photo shoot. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved, loved, loved being on that side of the industry versus being on a more, what I felt was like uh, reactive side where it was like the editors telling me what they wanted and me just getting it. Right. It was kind of like helping create this fantasy and this dream that you feel when you open a magazine and you see these beautiful pictures. Mm-hmm. And being a part of that process was definitely more fulfilling for me.
0: That's cool. What, what are some of like the frustrating moments that you've had to deal with? Um
1: there are a lot it's a tough industry and i feel like everyone can express that and it is it's small too it's a small industry it's tough and it's very demanding and sometimes you don't always see the award the rewards mm-hmm. so if you again don't really want it then it's like not it's a it's a big difference between liking clothes and wanting to wear them than working in fashion
0: Oh, i, I, I can totally relate
1: But I feel like sometimes people just like clothes and like all of the glamorous sides of it, and they don't realize that, you know, sometimes, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, you're still prepping a shoot for a British stylist who Thanksgiving means nothing to them. And figuring out how to, like, get a box out of customs. And, I mean, there are so many challenges, especially, like, at the assistant level and the entry levels all the way up. So, like, when you're more accomplished and kind of, like you know, still trying to figure out your next move, that there is a lot of frustrating moments and there's a lot of hard moments. I would never be able to, like, just tell you one. But I think that early out, it's just managing the expectations of others and working under creative people who can sometimes be, to put it really simply, crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so you, sta- so you stayed at W and didn't you, did you also go to um, Cosmo? After, after
1: W, I went to Teen Vogue, Teen Vogue to be the accessories director. Um, And I was there for about three years. And then from Teen Vogue, I went to CR Fashion Book to work under Corinne Reutfeld and help launch her magazine. And in launching the magazine and also launching the website, it was a totally different, incredible experience because you're starting something like from scratch and like helping someone realize a dream that's like obviously very near and dear to personal and personal to them. So you want to do a really good job. But also because we were such a small team, not just doing the editorial side that I was used to, like styling and finding models and really like pitching stories and really creating true content that was not um, just going to live kind of in that book for another stylist. So it was it was hard and it was rewarding and it was incredible.
0: Did you kind of get to like set the tempo a little bit? Or no, no. (laughs) she had a very clear idea, very clear vision,
1: very clear idea. You got to suggest things, obviously bring her new designer. She's super open um, and be a part of creating, especially on the digital side. We were very much a part of creating like, okay, what should the website look like? What sort of stories should we do? But as far as like the fashion shoots, she's very clear and very like knows exactly what she wants. So you're just like being a part of the team that's helping make it better or helping like with all the clothes. And then from there, I went to Cosma.
0: You know, so when you're working all these magazines, where did you really want to be? What did you want to be doing?
1: What I was doing it, it was exactly what I wanted yeah. to do. I have never been... I obviously had a very clear plan that I wanted to move to New York and mm-hmm. work in fashion, but I've been very open to different opportunities. So it's like I wanted to work in PR and then an editorial job came up and I had never really thought that I would w- wanted to work in magazines, but it seemed like a really interesting, fun, new challenge. So I did that. Mm-hmm. I did not necessarily want to focus just on accessories, but I definitely like made it my own and excelled in it. And then, you know, it never was part of my dream to like help someone launch a magazine. But when the opportunity presented it to me presented itself, it was, like I had to do it. It was something that I would never turn down. Right. And so um, while I'm doing it, it was like exactly what I wanted to do at that moment. And of course, there are other things that I want to do, but I don't think that you should. I, I feel like we're bought up with this like crazy idea that you should have this set plan for your life. Right. And while that does work for some people, I'm not faulting people that have like an end goal. I just feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't, like, a little bit more fluid and more um, open to, Mm -hmm. like, a new idea or a new opportunity um, that wasn't part of that life plan.
0: Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. With all the hard work, what are the things that make it worth it for you?
1: All of it is worth it to me. I mean, being able to, like, go to Europe and go to fashion shows, like, I'm not jaded by it at all. I feel like some people get, like, super, like, I really It's easy to get jaded
0: after a while, you know? No, but
1: it is one of my pet peeves to hear an editor complaining at a fashion show in Europe about, like, how tired they are, or like, ugh, this, like, show is, like, gross, whatever. I'm like, so many people would just do everything to be in that position. And you know what? If you don't like it, leave. Yeah if you don't want to do it, like just, why are you sitting there complaining about it? Like you are in Europe, probably on someone else's dime, right? You know, being able to see a collection the first time anyone has ever seen it ever. You are a part of that experience Mm -hmm. and it's so incredible. So I'm really happy that it's, I think I'm really happy that I'm not jaded by it and it's still exciting to me. I love being able, having the opportunity to go to these fashion shows and, to see what the designers are doing and to just be a part of that general experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now I forget your question. No, no, what no, was it? no. It was, I was just saying like what makes all the like, hard work. Oh, hard work that's
1: worth it. it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have, I still have a mentorship program in Bermuda because I remember as a black woman, how, um, Alone, it felt like trying to work in this industry where there were not many women who looked like me, mm-hmm. not just like in the pages of magazines and like at these shows, but like you know the in scenes. the PR yeah. office. And I feel like um, people give a lot of attention to how much diversity is on the runways and they forget that that is such a small part of this industry as right. a whole. And um, I am really happy to be like a part of the generation that's trying to change that. And also just be a part of the more diverse generation that is happening right, right now. So right. I like, you know, being able to mentor or be an inspiration to younger kids who, cause there's still not a lot of black editors. There's still not a lot of diversity, but I like that aspect of kind of the role that I'm playing in this industry. Um, I love being able to create things under my own name now. And like, I'm not, I never set out to be a stylist, mm-hmm. but there is like some magic in being given an opportunity to kind of like dress someone or like create a story. And I like, you know, it's really rewarding to see the fruits of your labor kind of still in the pages of a magazine. Right. I am also still one of the people that like are very pro magazine. I know everybody's like digital, digital, digital. Nah.
0: No, no, no. I'm with you i'm with you i just like i need i need that tangibility i need things printed if you ask like
1: my assistants or whatever i'm like can you print it for me and like we're always trying to like figure out like how to work my printer yeah um but i like to see things like in my hand and be able to feel them and that's never going to change for me so while i think that there's too many magazines and some maybe don't make sense anymore Mm -hmm. but i still think that. Would never want to see like print die, and I hate when people say that. I don't print think is it will. Dead.
0: I don't think it will. I mean, like records are like the records are like the highest selling physical item in in music now. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, like revenue from records. Yeah, it's like the highest, like almost really. Off. Oh yeah.
1: Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Should I go make records? Yeah, just make <laughs> some records. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I all of it is rewarding it's rewarding um now to be considered for like a lot of these digital projects as well with brands and seeing the fruits of your labor come to life i guess
0: well you know to kind of talk about a little bit about you know print people saying print dying's out like how do you see that things are changing and how do you want to be involved in that change um
1: One of the big, something that fascinates me is like when someone has a fashion show, like when versus Versace has a fashion show and then it's available to purchase that moment. Yeah. I, I think that there's something really incredible about that. Like, why do I need to wait four months? Of course I get why we need to wait four months, but I also like the option that I don't have to, everything is just so much more immediate. Mm -hmm. And, It's also so much more accessible to people that would not have access. Like the fashion industry is such like this secret little club. And I do like, I mean, obviously, like you want to be a part of that secret little club. But I do like that it's opened opportunities up for people that may not have had access Mm -hmm. to that market and that area. That's obviously a huge change, like, how accessible the information is and how, you know, you can see something and then immediately, like, buy it. Like, Moschino did that as well, I think. I think that's cool, and I love that direction. I obviously don't want it for everybody, but I do like that there are some brands that are doing that. Yeah. Um, And also, I feel like something that has changed that I don't love as much is that, like, everybody thinks they're an editor. Everybody thinks they're a creative director. It's like, sir, just because you curated your Instagram account (laughs) did not make you a creative director. (laughs) So I think one of the sad parts (laughs) are is that there's people that they don't care about the history of the brand and the knowledge of the industry and the background and why something's important or why something's derivative of another brand. That's getting lost, and that's kind of sad to me. And I think, like, real fashion people, that's probably sad to all of us because there's so much of a history that this like new crop of like so-called editors and creative directors don't care about but then sometimes I'm like well maybe they don't need to care about it like they just have a good eye and they want to put it out there and fine so it's kind of like that balance like how much do you care about the history of something and how much do you just care about creating something new but the problem is it's like is anything really new right is what they're doing really
0: new right uh I'm gonna say no (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) what are the things that inspire you to keep going
1: well, this is my life, and I mean, I don't, I don't need anything outside. I don't need outside influences. I'm really self motivated, and um, so that's a tricky question because it's like, I guess I'm inspiring myself. Like, yeah, I think yeah, when you're like, a super self motivated person, it's not just like I don't need to have, like I said, this like end goal that like, oh, I want to like create this for like, you know, a future family or. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can really answer that question.
0: No, I think you do. I think you answered it right. I'm just,
1: I'm kind of inspired by like travel and everything that's around me and what's happening and young people and, you know, old people. But like really, I think that you kind of have to be self-motivated and not rely on like so many outside influences to like inspire you to keep going. Right. Or have a goal.
0: Well, then you're going to love this next question because my next question is what's next for you? <laughs>
1: I hate that question. It's the worst yeah. question. Um, <laughs> What's next for me? I have some ideas and um, some things in the works, and I really am interested in creating a platform to really highlight talented black creators that are often overlooked Mm -hmm. just because of whatever reasons or whatever adversities or, you know, whatever, like all of the challenges that they kind of face um and then i also am doing a lot more in bermuda since that is where i'm from yeah. i had a, a project this summer and i was in bermuda every two weeks and i loved it i loved being able to see my family and i like being able to kind of encourage like this in, this group of like creatives and potential designers or people who want to work in fashion in my own country right and show them that kind of it is possible to leave right and to do something bigger and to dream a little bit and be able to, like, actually achieve them. Right. So um, I have a lot of projects in the works. and Not just one one project, but those two platforms are things that I'm Excellent. very focused on right
0: now. That's cool. And then also, like, you were there in the summertime and you didn't have to go to the dentist's office.
1: Right. <laughs> Although, you know, if she would have been like, can you come and like, be the receptionist <laughs> for the day, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, sure, what's your day rate? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Shiona Torini,
0: thank yes. you so much. You're welcome.